0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Amen. Grab a seat, everybody, and uh, please be turning your Bibles over to John chapter 7. <laughs> Is this going to work, you think? All right. So uh, great to be together. Can uh, somebody grab me the clicker? Oh, thank you, Marshall. Awesome job. He reads my brain all the time. So awesome. All right, so uh, if you're busy with us, it's great to have you with us. Uh, We're the South Bay Church, and uh, we're so excited to see a lot of people out tonight. Hope you've had a great time this evening getting to hang out, enjoy the last of the summer. Uh, You know, I, I... I don't want summer to be over, right? But uh, but there's something fun about sending the kids off to school. You know, some of the parents uh, excited about that. But if you're visiting with us, we've been uh, doing a, a sermon series called Mythbusters, and if you were at youth camp, that was the theme of our youth camp this year. And so we've been kind of busting different myths about Christianity or about God or about Jesus. So we're going to be talking about a specific myth about Jesus tonight. But it can be easy to be wrong about something. Let me give you an example. When you think about Napoleon, what, what, what are two things you think about, just two things right off the top of your head about Napoleon you know? Okay, uh, everybody I heard said short. What else? He thought he, could fight two and still win. he thought he could fight two fronts and still win. So he knows what he's talking about right here. He was French, right? Most people, they know, oh, he was French and he was short. That's all I know. Did you know that uh, that Napoleon was indeed French, uh, and he was 5'7", but 5'7 was about the average height for a Frenchman in those days. In fact, that's, he's, he was taller than the latest. Uh, 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 President Nicolas Sarkozy was shorter than Napoleon. But the reason that we all think Napoleon was so short is because of this thing called illusion of truth, where you hear something, and it's repeated over and over again, and everybody thinks it, so you just all assume it's true. And that was, uh, and this is from several articles um, you can find, but, uh, but the, the cartoonists of Britain are the ones that get, make us all think that Napoleon was, was really short, because they reinforce, he hated being called short, and so the British loved that, and so they just loved to reinforce that short image. But there are some things that that people think about Jesus. There's a lot of people that think things about Jesus that are completely not true. And tonight we're going to bust the pink plastic pansy Jesus myth. Pink plastic pansy Jesus. We talked about this at youth camp, those of you who are at youth camp. But there are those that think Jesus is pink. There are those that think, you know, Jesus had... You know, blue eyes and, and, and blonde hair. and You know, most likely Jesus did not look like that, right? And, and what that does, if you kind of define Jesus in a certain way, you feel like Jesus is somebody that can't relate to me. He's, he's this other, he's somebody else. He doesn't relate to me. Uh, some people think of Jesus as being plastic. Is my clicker working? Okay, there we go plastic Jesus you know we think Jesus is not real Jesus is not uh you know he's kind of just this mythical character or he's just this casual buddy that just kind of helps me out when I'm in trouble or there's pansy Jesus you know he's gentle and soft and he's holding a little lamb and his hair looks like you know it's been very well conditioned Or maybe he's got very gentle eyes and, you know, very, very pretty, you know, Jesus, pansy Jesus, wimpy, soft, he's somber. Uh, And I want to show you a story in the Bible that you might have never read before. It's not one of those popular uh, stories you hear a lot, but this this will show you that Jesus was not a pink plastic pansy Jesus. And this is in John 7. So if you turn over there with me in your Bibles or on your phones, whatever you got there. John chapter 7. It says, at this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? Okay, just stop right there. So first of all, the authorities want to seize him, but they're not able to. It says, because his time had not yet come. So there's something about Jesus that you can't just walk right up to him and arrest him. Uh, something, you know. At one point it says they, they tried to throw him off a hill, but he walked right through the crowd because they wanted to kill him, and he just walked right through the crowd. So Jesus said when he, when he did finally go to his execution, he said, I am laying down my life. No one is taking my life from me. But it says that in verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him okay so they send temple guards they, they go okay we, we weren't able to arrest him I know who we're going to get we're going to get the temple guards the temple was the most ornate the most um, you know uh, for, for the Jews that was the, 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 the most like uh, high class place uh, that they had the temple and so the temple guards these are the top notch guys to protect uh, you know the, the temple was full of gold full of all kinds of of, of uh, uh, expensive things. You, should I just use this? Is it kind of feeding back? Do you want me to just use this? Is it okay? Okay, I can hear here hear kind of some uh, some o oh, going on, uh, but just just holler if you want me to use this instead. Um, okay, so, so if you think you know you were gonna hire somebody to, to guard the temple, you know you probably wouldn't pick somebody like me. Uh, I've never studied martial arts I'm not the most big and imposing figure. You know, you might pick somebody like Jerry. Stand up, Jerry. You know, if you, okay. So if you were gonna pick a temple guard, I mean, would you pick me or would you pick Jerry? You'd pick Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. You might pick somebody like Rico over here. Stand up, Rico. stand up Rico you pick somebody like Rico maybe even David Johnson here go ahead stand up David I mean he'd be more of a temple guard type you know so you wouldn't pick me you pick something like these guys here and so these are these are powerful dudes these are you know guys that know how to mix it up if they need to and yet what happens we don't have have time to read all of there but but they 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 go to arrest him so that's the whole purpose they've been given a job and that is to arrest Jesus down in 45, says finally, the, skip down to verse 45. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? Verse 46, no one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he's deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Those are the religious guys. Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there's a curse on them. So why didn't the guards arrest him? because they were there was something about Jesus that won them over. There was something about Jesus that said, no one has ever spoken like this man. Could, could Jesus have you know, I would imagine if the the, the temple guards they're, they're somebody like these guys, if they went to arrest him, I don't think it would have been a problem, you know what I mean? but jesus Jesus was was powerful. Jesus was... Uh, spoke with authority it says when he when he uh taught the people listened. he said no one ever spoke like this guy and i don't know about you but as a follower of jesus as someone who wants to follow jesus that makes me excited you know it makes me feel like man jesus is cool jesus is somebody i want to give my life to jesus is somebody that's worthy of respect he's not pink plastic pansy jesus why do you think that is why is this myth so prevalent i think it's because a pink plastic pansy jesus you can ignore a pink plastic pansy jesus you can go ah maybe i'll hit listen to him maybe i'll say a prayer here or there you know maybe i'll you know go to church here or there if i want to or you know when it's on my time but the real jesus you can't ignore the real jesus you can't ignore Uh, And so I want to look at one verse, uh, and uh, we're going to kind of take it apart here uh, before we have communion that will show you why this one Jesus you can't ignore. This is John 14, 6, and a lot of us probably know this passage. This is on the night of his betrayal, and we're going to take communion here in a little bit. So this is the night that why we take communion together is this night that they had together where he gave them bread and wine and said, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember my body and my blood given, given for me. But one of the things he said on this night is he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to all say that together. It's on the screen there. But I want you to walk away. If you don't have this memorized, I really want you to walk away memorizing this tonight, okay? Let's say it with me. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's say it again. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One more time, and think about what Jesus was saying. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. You know, everyone is following something or someone, uh, even if we don't like to admit it. You know, maybe uh, it's someone at your work that you're really trying to aspire to be. Maybe it's someone in your neighborhood or your school that you're really aspiring to be. Maybe you want to be, uh, you know, that latest, most popular YouTuber or that latest, most popular person on Instagram uh, or, or a, a celebrity. Maybe you want to be like LeBron James, you know. Uh, maybe you want to be, I don't know, you know, you, you, you pick who it is, but everybody's following someone. Maybe Harry Styles, some of you, you know, you want to be like him. Maybe some of you want to follow this video game or on on Twitch that you just go, man, this guy is amazing, or this girl. But, you know, everybody except Jesus really is fumbling around. You know, where are they about to end up? They're about to end up off the cliff. Jesus claimed to be from God. He says a little bit later in this passage, verse verse 9, don't you know me, Philip, after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father so jesus claimed to be god in the flesh and he says when you've seen me you've seen god he claimed to speak exactly what god wanted him to say and how to say it Uh, his followers said in the past god spoke through different prophets and in different ways and he's spoken through his creation but his ultimate uh revelation to us is through jesus jesus came speaking with authority from the creator of all things And so, you know, he is not just fumbling around in the dark. Jesus at one point said, can the blind lead the blind? Uh, They'll fall into a pit. And he was saying that because people were not listening to him. And so when it comes to Jesus, he is the way. When I look at this uh, passage, it kind of reminds me of a story. I've shared this with some of you, but um, years ago, we had a minister's retreat up in Big Bear, and we did these different activities to try to... uh, uh, you know bond as a group and stuff like that And we did this one activity where we were blindfolded kind of like that and we were led off into the woods and so you you just have to trust right you you have your arms uh, see how that girl has her her hands on the next guy's shoulder it was just like that so you're being led into the woods with your hands on the shoulder of the person in front of you and then we got to the woods and and then the the, the guides Put us uh, into a maze. They said, "Okay, this is a rope maze that you're in now." And they put our hands on the rope, and and it's it's kind of strung around between different trees. And so they said, "You know, your job is to find your way out of this maze." And so you can't talk, and you can't open your eyes. You can't take off your blindfold. But just just try to find your way through until you get out of the maze. And if you need any help, raise your hand. So that's what the guide said. So then we start, you know, we're blindfolded and we just start kind of going back and forth and trying to find our way out of the maze. And then after a little while, the guide said, okay, one person has found his way out of the maze. And you're like, oh, okay, wow, I got to try harder. And then you just keep going around. And then they say, two people have found their way out of the maze. Three people have now found their way out. And and if you need help, just raise your hand. But otherwise, just keep, you know, keep trying and and keep trying to find your way out. So I remember, you know, once they got to, like, four or five people, and, and you, you kind of, you're, you're going along, and you'll, like, bump into a guy coming from the other way. And, then, and he's like, it's not that way. And you're like, they're like, shh, be quiet. And you're like, oh. so you try to go around. Maybe you just didn't find it. You just kind of keep going. So finally I'm like, I'm confused, and I just raised my hand. And uh, then I felt a hand on me, and he took my blindfolds off, and he takes me out, and then he points, and there's, like, you know, six, eight guys still left trying to find their way around, and there, there's, it's just, there is no way out except to ask for help. That's your way out, and so, you know, these guys are, are still going, and he's like, one more person has found his way out, you know, and then they, they, they keep going on and on, and, and so the last two, uh, you know, were were pretty, you know, maybe they thought they didn't want to give up or something, I don't know, but but they kept going for a while, and they're just so frustrated. You can just see it all over their face. They're so frustrated. Finally, it's like, oh, this is your way out, you know. But, but if you think about it, in this life and in trying to be who we, who we want to be and live the life that God's given us to live, there is no way to do it without Jesus. You know, if you get, you're around old enough, you realize that I can't do it. I can't have a successful marriage, I can't ha- be a great parent. I can't be a great employee. I can't do all the things that I want to be. I can't be the best version of myself without asking for help. I can't do it. I desperately need help. And if you're not at that point, you will get there. You'll either get bitter or you'll get to that point. You'll either be like fumbling around with the blindfold on, like, oh, I'm going to find my way out of here. Or you just kind of go, I give up. You know. And that's kind of who Christians are. We go, I give up you know you don't have to be perfect you don't have to never sin again it's just you go Jesus I need you I need help and that's because Jesus is the way Uh, there's a scripture in in first Timothy that talks about people who have a form of godliness but no power that's who I was for a long time religious but not with power until I really surrendered completely to Jesus and made him the the way of my life second thing is he says I'm the truth Uh, a little bit later in John in John 18 Uh, Jesus tells Pilate, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So that means there's a side. You can be either against truth or you can be on the side of truth. And I don't know about you. I want to be on the side of truth. Jesus claimed there was absolute truth. That's not a, a popular thing today. You know, that's not a popular thing these days. Everything is relative. Uh, everything is, you know, there, there was a, somebody on the news I just listened. I was watching a news program on Sunday, and somebody said, truth is not truth. You might have heard that in the news. And they were going back and forth about what is truth and what's not truth. And Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Uh, this is a picture right there of my daughter, Cora, getting baptized. And I appreciate uh, Cora because she has just she, just, she went through some hard things in life. She went through some challenges with her health. Uh, She went through just some difficult things for her, uh, and and she just decided, I really want to follow Jesus. She decided at camp last year, I really want to study the Bible. I really want to learn the truth. And what she really decided is that I would rather go through, life is going to have a lot of hard things. There's going to be a lot of obstacles, but I would rather go through them with Jesus than without Jesus. I would rather be on the side of truth. That's what we really try to teach people at, at youth camp, to be truth seekers. And I'm so proud of Cora because she was really a truth seeker. She's, she of, of everybody in our family, she's just been going after the Bible and reading the Bible and learning things from the Bible and really a, a seeker of truth. She has inspired me. To, I want to study my Bible more. I want to be a truth seeker. I want to stand on the side of truth. Amen? And the last thing, Jesus says, I am the life. Uh, another story in John where he raises uh, Lazarus from the dead, jesus says i am the resurrection and the life and in this story jesus literally rose a man from the dead dead he had been in a tomb for three days they said oh man he don't open that tomb he's gonna stink the body's been in there decaying for three days and yet they rolled away the tomb and he comes out dressed as a mummy you know and uh and jesus says, take off his wedding take off his uh his uh, clothes that the the burial clothes and Lazarus was risen from the dead. And it says the whole town saw that, and that's the whole reason they said we've got to kill Jesus because everybody realizes he is so powerful. that The religious leaders that were afraid of losing their authority, that's when they really decided we got to get rid of this guy because Jesus had power even over death. And so, you know, when you think about his power to give you life, we all, again, we end up helpless and in the dark, and Jesus is the only way to have eternal life. He said no one comes to the father except through me and a story i thought about that kind of illustrates this is anybody know who that is on the screen yes it's the it's the soccer team from from thailand that got stuck in the cave about two months ago you guys remember that so they were in the cave for days and days uh, with no food the only water they got was by licking the, the stalactites or stalagmites. I don't remember which it is. The one tight? Okay, so tight. They, just licking fresh water from the walls of the cave is how they got water, no food. They just survived there for days and, 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 until they were rescued. And no matter, you know, again, no matter how hard you try on your own, you will end up in a dark cave by yourself at some point in your life. And, and you will need to be rescued. I mean, there was no way they could dig themselves out. There was no way they could swim their ways out. They were absolutely trapped. And yet, how did they get out? It was the Thai Navy SEALs that got them out. And if you think about the contrast between you know, a boy, one of these boy soccer players and a, a Thai Navy SEAL diver, You know these soccer players couldn't swim or at least they couldn't swim well enough to try to get through these treacherous waters but the seal team divers they were experts they these boys were completely physically weak uh, because they hadn't eaten food for days and days and days and days they were literally starving whereas the seal team divers they're in top shape these boys soccer players were trapped and in the dark and yet the SEAL team divers were completely free, and they were from the light, and yet they chose to go into the darkness to rescue those kids. And so the the, the kid had to just completely, uh, you know, completely surrender to that SEAL team diver in order to get out of there. You know, they, can you imagine one of these uh, one of these kids? You know, he has a diver there to help him. And he goes, no, no, let's do it my way. You know. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to do it that way, SEAL Team Diver. You know, I want to do it my way. Or I think this route is better. You know, that's just ridiculous. You know, that's what we try to do with Jesus, isn't it? We go, Jesus, uh, yeah, but I want to do it this way. And yet, isn't Jesus way more of an expert in everything than we are? I mean, even to a greater degree of a soccer player versus a SEAL Team Diver, right? Jesus is the pioneer. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He came from God. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the father except through me so a couple things uh i don't have time for this but a couple things that i want to uh challenge you to kind of discuss with somebody before you leave tonight you know this could be your spouse on the way home this could be with somebody that brought you but i i really encourage you to be honest here and say what scares you about following jesus you know is there anything that that scares you i don't know about you but i feel afraid sometimes i feel afraid following jesus i feel afraid of failing i feel afraid of of people who i want to follow jesus but that they don't want to follow jesus i feel afraid for them i feel i feel afraid that i'm going to try to be his follower and i'm going to try to do things for him and then it's it's not going to work and then i'm going to be discouraged you know there's different fears i have but talk about what scares you about the idea of following jesus i'm I'm afraid sometimes that that you know his way might not work in this situation or that situation number two what excites you about following Jesus? You know, I know for me, what excites me about following Jesus is that Jesus is, uh, is the answer to every problem. You know, Jesus is the solution to the, what all of the world needs. Uh, even that story we talked about today earlier about how, the impact he had on the temple guards. You know, J- people who were nothing like Jesus, liked Jesus. Right, people who were nothing like Jesus, liked Jesus. So that inspires me that excites me i want to be more like him i want to be that type of person that you know everybody wanted to be around jesus the the tax collectors the sinners the the kids you know he was known you know his reputation with the religious people was this guy has too much fun you know i want to be like that i want to be around someone like that and third who is someone you can follow as they follow jesus paul Challenged the Corinthians, he said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." One of the best ways to get to know Jesus better is by following others who are like Him or who are striving to follow Him. So, do you have someone in your life who can help you be more like Jesus? You know, in our in our church, we we are we're known as a discipling church because what that means is we're trying to be disciples of Jesus and we're trying to help each other be better disciples of Jesus. And and again, I need people in my life. It's not just I me and reading the Bible, I need relationships. You know, we have a discipline relationship with Steve and Jackie Marici, and we, we love getting together with them, and we love the help that they give us. We get we have a discipling relationship with Pat and Holly Toomey, and we love the help we get from them, and the help we give them, and, you know, we help each other be more like Jesus. And, and, and uh, you, you, you know, Brian and Missy Hood, same thing, and, and we love our relationship with the Peckmans. We just need other people in our life. We need relationships like that. Owen and Ramona Thomas are great friends of ours, and we're in a discipling relationship with them, but I want to challenge you, if you don't have someone who you are following as they are more like Christ, to try to ask somebody if they would be willing to end your life and help you in that way. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.